Hello again, friends. Thank you for spending the next, I don't know, hour, 40 minutes or something with me. Um, There's only a few little bits this week because there's not been a lot of Formula One related news, really. Um, I've been watching a little bit of the indie stuff, of the indie qualifying. Um, I'm I'm always a little bit lost, so if I say anything about the indie stuff right now and it's wrong, then it's because I have no fucking idea. I've, I've no idea how it works. Um, and the like, the few pickups that I came with it for uh, like Formula One, I enjoy. I I'd forgotten what it was like to watch um, a motor racing show where the pundits talked about the sport and the build up and the was it the the build up wasn't talking about nothing. The build up was literally just there to talk to you about what you were going to see over the next I don't know two hours or two days, whatever, whatever IndyCar takes to do anything. I just thought it was really freshening, and uh, it, it hammered home to me how much I missed that classic um, sports broadcasting that seems to have disappeared slightly with Formula One. Well, not slightly. It seems to be completely eradicated. Sometimes I think it's more of a reality TV show um, than a sports program. But, yeah, this... It, it it just hammered it home to me. I knew I knew I hadn't I wasn't enjoying watching the Sky coverage. I haven't enjoyed watching the Sky coverage for over two years now. But it really hammered it home that I I just wanted to listen to like a few pundits and a driver or two talk to me about what was going to happen. What why why like why Fernando Alonso wasn't fast? Like why? Like show me the crashes before beforehand in practice and stuff, and talk about te- talk about practice. You get to the Sunday Sunday of right the race, and or qualify and build up, and there's no real there's no real talk about how they got there, like what the story was to have got to that to that point. But I just I just thought it was interesting. It just it just reminded me how like pants the um, Sky Sports Sky Sports coverage has gotten. Um, and I, 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 I think it can it can only be down to what whoever's producing it. I know there's clearly a different direction this year because it's they seem to have doubled down on that sort of stuff this year. Like I don't I don't fucking care about uh, Johnny Herbert going for a plane ride with the uh, the blonde lady. I forgot her name now. Um, I don't I don't care about them going for a plane ride around a city. I have no interest in watching Natalie Pinkham and uh, Anthony Davidson have lunch in a cafe in Barcelona. I've, I, I'd, I, I'd rather know. Um, I'd rather have a, have an interview with a team boss, or uh, ex- if someone explains to me why the what the, what what they thought was going on with Ferrari internally. You know, the the, the sort of the, the the ins and outs of the sport, if you will, more than just the the nonsense that surrounds the the weekend. Anyway. As far as the indie goes, it's not looking good for our mate Alonso, is it? He, uh, I watched, I watched his qualifying lap yesterday, or laps, because the uh, uh, as uh, my co-host of Three Legs Four Wheels, Mister Chris Flood, said on our private messaging group when we were talking about uh, indie, he said for a sport that's known for being like really simple and accessible, indie seems very complicated, <laughs> and. Um, 
I, 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 I didn't even know. I didn't know about the. I, I know I watched well, the, the first indie indie five hundred I watched was last year when Alonso was in it. Uh, I don't think I watched qualifying. I think I just. I, I know I was in the pub at the time, so there wasn't any. Um, there wasn't any sound on on because I think the football was on a different uh, screen. So I, I only really paid attention when Alonso was going round, and because he was up there at the sharp end last year. I had no idea about this whole thing of cars not qualifying, and the you know it, I've and to be to be perfectly honest, I don't even think I really I really realised what the fast nine were. Um, some real showbiz words in IndyCar as well, like they're constantly referring to Sunday Sundays like oh they just want to get into the show, they just want to get to the show. It's very strange. Um, but after his crash, I don't he wasn't looking like. On the pace, on the pace, where he was looking better in his first car, I think. But he totaled that. That car was made in the uh, McLaren Technology Center, where I've, I, I'm going to say oh, I can't. I can't remember who made it. But the uh, the set the second car that he that he had after he totaled the first one was made in California, and that doesn't seem to be giving him back what he was getting from the first car. And in his quality runs, like, I I I I was watching, thinking, oh well, I don't. I don't really know a lot about IndyCar. Maybe they're all like this, but I, I, I could see how much he was working the steering. He got a big snap at one point. He thought, "Ooh, you were lucky not to end up in the wall again, there, mate." Um, but I do. I, I, I really hope. I, I hope he gets it gets through to the race. It's, but fucking hell, like the uh, Alonso enters something again with the McLaren factory like work team sort of thing, and he's fucking last. It's. How 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 long is he going to allow uh, McLaren to just waste his time? Um, it's yeah, it's it, it was it was really sad like seeing that. Like you could see when in his interview, although he was trying to be calm and collected, and that oh, it's, it's all fine, everything be good. You could see he was really gutted about where he was. Uh, especially because like as the years tick on, you know, it's the uh, this the dream he's got of. Claiming the triple crown are gonna get it's gonna get more difficult and more difficult and more difficult and you do wonder whether like some of the like mainline indie guys have said it's gonna be very difficult for him just to do one indie race a year and win the indie five hundred so we'll just have to see how he goes with it but I'm I I, I I'm hopeful he'll get in because he was thirty first fastest yesterday out of thirty six and I believe two cars go through. So that Hitchcliff guy, did he win last year? I think. So I, I, as as an idiot, oh no, he didn't win last year, did he? I, I don't can't remember. But as an idiot, um, he, I, I think he's, I think he's quite good. I think the team he's got is quite is quite good. And he just, I don't think he got through because he crashed. So if it, you've got to, you've got to kind of think that he's going to get get one of those spots. And if Alonso was second fastest, one of them's Max Chilton. Fucking hell! Imagine being thrown out of Indy by Max Chilton. Um, and it's, it, I, I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest as well. I might watch a bit of Indy if uh, Alonso is not in it, but I won't go out of my way to watch the whole thing. I think it'll be, a, it'll be a poor thing for the sport because Alonso clearly does bring eyes to something. WEC saw that, you know, at, uh, Indianapolis saw it in a major way when he, when he did his first Indy. So, uh, I think it'll be good. It'll be a good story for everybody. Um, if he can, if he can manage to get himself in. Uh, a quick congratulations here. Um, 
Billy Munger to just this afternoon uh, won his first uh, British Formula Three. I, th- I think it's for British Formula Three. He's in uh, for his first single seater race. Um, it was a wet race, and or, or sorry, changing conditions, and he pitted at the uh, at the end of the parade lap, I believe, um, to go on to to go on to wets. Now he said he said in the interview afterwards. He said I, 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 after he came out and last. Uh, I just tried to pick them off one by one. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't believe two years ago I would be winning races. I can't believe it. I was dead last at the end of the first lap when I pitted. Me and my engineer were fighting over the radio. He was saying to stay on slicks. I was saying it was too slippery. I came in for wets, and it was the right call. So I, I always love stuff like that when it's you know the the driver. The driver's like, no, I'm out here. I know what I'm. I know what I'm talking about. But what what an like, I'd love to see if he could, you know, if I d- I don't know whether he'd go from British Formula Three to F three if he can do well. It would, but it would be even if he can just even if it's just for, if he can manage to get himself to F two or F two or F three. The recovery story from that would be amazing. So, um, yeah, Alonso should look at that. Should look at that. Billy Munger won from last, so there's no reason why Alonso can't win from last. Um, but it's—I I, just—I just think it's a—he's a bit of an inspiration for everybody. Billy Munger, when you look at what happened to him and the way he handled it and the way he ha- holds himself after it, uh, it's—he's—you—you you can stand in a crowded room, and chances are he'll be a stronger person than most of the people that have stood around you. That's—you uh, know—it's—it's it's quite incredible what he's doing. Um, and you, you see, I when uh, I spoke to George Russell last year, I didn't realize at the time that when uh, Billy had been his teammate. So if you didn't realize what Billy was doing in like the junior formulas before his accident, he sort of uh, he ca- he came into prominence because of how how bad his injuries were and stuff. Um, he was you know if he was a teammate of what is now a Formula One driver. So it shows that he was on. He was on the way. You know, he was he was on the right sort of tra- trajectory to do something really to do something good. But um, yeah, congratulations, and uh, I hope it's not the last win for him over the season. It'd be amazing if he could go and win the championship. That'd be tremendous. But if I'm perfectly honest, it's it's British Formula Three, and I don't know what the championship is. Um, I don't know what the situation is with that. I don't know if it's possible for him to win the championship. I don't know whether he's been pants for. The other races, I think he got a podium. I think he's been on the podium before, but I might just be talking complete bollocks. Um, after the Spanish Grand Prix, like if if you woke up from your fucking coma from watching it, um, there was a young driver test, or a, yeah, a test. So in a, uh, with George Russell now being uh, a fully fledged race driver, he can't do the. Um, Young driver test for Mercedes anymore, so we got is it Nikita Nikita uh, Mazepin? I know his surname is Mazepin because we always pronounce it Marzipan, but um, he's uh, he was driving the Mercedes and he topped the timesheets on his day, and he was only like he was less than a tenth down on Valtteri Bottas's fastest time. Now it's easy to dismiss Mazepin because. He seems to be. I, I I can't remember quite what his father is, but I know his father or his family is very very rich. Um, 
and he's at the moment paying Mercedes for private tests in their 2017 car. And he's also helping out the factory doing some simulator work. But that's all that's all well and good. But he, he you know, it, you don't, surely you don't just set fastest times in tests, even if it is just a test and be rubbish. Lance Stroll's not setting fastest times in tests, is he? He's not even if you even if you stuck in a Mercedes, I think you'd you'd be you'd struggle to believe that he'd manage to end end the day fastest or even um you know like even close to the to his teammate. You you wouldn't imagine him to be Bottas like Bottas level, for instance. Um so yeah, I find this really interesting. Uh it could be with the um ties to Mercedes, it could it could be another nail in the coffin of um, Ocon getting back into Formula One, because if you've you've got Mazepin um, that's paying for um, tests with with um, with Mercedes, you've got a struggling Williams team, and there is talks of um, his father buying into Williams, isn't there? So, could we see a Mazepin buy into Williams and a, a Mazepin and George Russell t- Williams team next year? I think that would be a, a reasonably a reasonably good punt if I if I was anyone. I mean, the he's he's clearly got some speed under him. Um, I, I I hope this doesn't mean because I know I think George signed a, a multi-year deal with Williams, which is usually when people say multi-year, it usually means two years with an option, doesn't it? So I I think George, as long as as long as Williams is there next year, I think George will be in one of those seats. But um, I obviously don't think Robert Kubica will be in one of those seats. It might not be good for Nicholas Latifi because I think he would have if Williams was more. Um, in line with actually being Williams there, he'd probably be in line for one of those Williams seats as well. But it it just seems the guy the guy is clearly work clearly fast. He's working with Mercedes. They have a connection with Williams. His dad has like f- get the fuck out of here money. So it seems like the perfect match for Williams in my eyes. Um. But it'd be, I mean, we we always moan about pay drivers, but does it really matter if um, if the pay driver actually ends up turn, actually turns out being good? I I don't think it does. Uh, just a quick point, quick thing from um, uh, last weekend's Spanish Grand Prix. Apparently, Kevin Magnussen has come out and downplayed his clash with Roman Grosjean, saying uh, it was. Uh, it was much more. It was much worse than it looked. Uh, I'm just trying to look for the quote here. Uh, there's, there's plenty of it I can't find. It's more Gunther, more Gunther Steiner. So 90% of the my 90% of the quotes I'm seeing here just say it says fuck. It's fuck, 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 fuck. But it seems uh, it seems like such a Magnuson thing to do, doesn't it? The oh. 
surely it would have been better to just turn around and say, oh, yeah, maybe maybe I was a bit strong and apologise for what happened to your teammate. I think most other drivers would apologise. Most of the most drivers wouldn't just turn around and say, oh, yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't as bad as it looked. Because I think it was as bad as it looked. Like I said, I... Um, Last week, I think he, I think he forced him off the road. Um, this is really interesting. Um, the, I think he's the owner. Is he the owner or the manager of the um, of Hockenheim? Has said, if Mick Schumacher can make it to Formula One, there has to be a German Grand Prix because at the moment they're in pretty heavy negotiations uh, to try and keep the German Grand Prix. I think they were given the one year reprieve and then something had to be done and now they're like they're, they're sort of at loggerheads trying to trying to keep it on the calendar. Um shouldn't have changed it. Shouldn't old old Hockenheim, no one would have wanted to get rid of that. Only changed it because Michael Schumacher wasn't very good at it. Um But I mean this is more the more the what I find interesting about this is is it's crazy that you've Germany just didn't take to Sebastian Vettel. Even when I was, uh, even when he was in Red Bull and winning championships, when I, when I was, uh, I was at the, I was at Hockenheim one one of the years. I can't remember what year it was, and the the Vettel stand had less people at it than the Michael Schumacher stand. Michael Schumacher wasn't racing at the time, so I, I just find it really weird that they haven't um, they haven't warmed to Sebastian Vettel. And there's Hulkenberg there as well. You know, it's. It's not like there hasn't been German drivers. I mean, maybe not to the level of Michael Schumacher, but to to put that sort of pressure on Mick Schumacher at the age he is, like with the, with the experience level, I can't help think that seems um, it seems a bit bit weird. It seems a bit um, a bit too much for anybody. You know, if, if he he's busy with F two trying to concentrate on getting himself like good in F2 to show that he can make it to Formula 1. Meanwhile, the circuit of his home country saying, yeah, well, we need a Grand Prix if he gets in. You know, he's, he's not even finished GP2 season yet, or F2 season. I always call it GP2. Fucking idiot. I am an idiot. Anyway, uh. I think of of the German Grand Prix, I think I prefer them to keep Hockenheim on the calendar than I would uh, Nürburgring. I don't I don't particularly like Nürburgring, uh, but I don't know whether that's because I don't like the circuit as a racetrack or whether it's because it was the worst Grand Prix I've ever been to for a spectator. I really didn't enjoy it. Uh, I walked far too early. I think I did a marathon on the way to get to where I was supposed to watch it. And then the the facilities were awful. You were locked into a corner, and it was really strange. Really strange. I didn't I didn't enjoy that circuit whatsoever. Watched it from a really rubbish place as well. Watched it going up the uh, up the hill towards the chicane and on the, uh, towards the end of the lap. And it just it just wasn't just wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted better. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think about this about. Um, Mick Schumacher and how he's going to handle the pressure going into um, is it good, the rest of his F2 season when people are already talking about him being in Formula 1. You know, it's like it's like it's inevitable. How, how can you how can it you perform to your best when you're not fighting for it? 
if it is going to be inevitable that he ends up in Formula One, I think it is inevitable that he'll end up in the Alfa Romeo. But part of me wonders whether will Ferrari want to squander the Schumacher name going to a different team before he's in in the Ferrari gear? And Ferrari make weird decisions, very strange decisions. Um, we're going to talk more about Ferrari in a second. But, um, yeah, I think there's just something, there's too much. If it's if it's been difficult for anyone, any second-generation driver to get into Formula 1 or uh, to get past the reputation of their father, uh, I can't imagine how difficult it is for Mick Schumacher. It must be. It must just be immense pressure. It must be. Anyway. The uh, the last of the stories we've got for today, or last of the things that I found interesting enough to talk about, uh, was Lewis Hamilton during his contract negotiations brought into the fact that brought in that he told Ferrari, sorry, he told Mercedes that he was interested in joining Ferrari, and he used it as a bargaining tool. He said as much. He said if you're gonna if the options there and you're in good negotiations, you you're always going to drop Ferrari in. And then that got me thinking of whether whether I could see Lewis Hamilton ever leaving Mercedes. Uh, every, like, ever since he got into motorsport, since he got picked up and it was serious, even in karting, like when you think it was McLaren Mercedes at the time, you know, he's had it, all of, all of his racing career has been connected to Mercedes. Uh, all of his successes have been connected to Mercedes. And uh, I think above, above all that, they allow him to live his life, living his best life, um yeah they allow him to live his best life and he keeps himself he keeps himself happy i think that's a happy hamilton is a dangerous hamilton i think we've i think we've always picked up on that if you if you get a somber like downtrodden hamilton you think oh it's going to be a long weekend for you mate maybe even a fourth but um yeah i i can't see him leaving for leaving mercedes to be perfectly honest Although I do wonder whether, as a brand, when you look at Hamilton the brand, um, does it strengthen it by having a stint in in Ferrari? But then you think, well, does it, it for it to strengthen it? Does it have to be a successful stint in Ferrari? And Ferrari might be the issue there, rather than Hamilton be the issue. Because I don't, I, I think. Oh. I think Hamilton could handle Leclerc, but I don't think he if they if they had the car now that they've got, I think Hamilton would struggle to beat whoever was in that Mercedes. So why would you leave that? Also, he you know, he's he his target is to equal Michael Schumacher. So let's just say next year, where uh halfway through the season, Hamilton's already had a couple of wins. He's uh, the Ferrari are doing the same thing as they've done for the last few years. I mean, it's it, it's an easy it's it's an easy conclusion to come to because Ferrari continually do the same thing over and over again. So it's an it's it's very easy to see that next year the season looking very similar to this year. So if he if he equals if he equals Michael Schumacher by twenty twenty. The rules come in, and it's something that Hamilton is interested in being involved with, and it, I think it would be more more to do with what Mercedes come out and with what their what their take on the new rules will be um, as they're developing the car for twenty twenty one. I uh, 
I can't see him leaving Mercedes because they've, especially with the engine, with the it's the engines the big thing to me. When there was big changes coming to the engines to make them all um, almost simple and um, to try and drag the cars closer together, I think Mercedes, Mercedes might have found that year where they fell back, but it's it's such an engine engine dependent formula now, Formula One. And the more um, downforce they take off the car, you've got to think that. I mean, obviously the um, like ground effect is going to be very important as well. But the the more like a top arrow you take off take off the car, that like surely that makes the engines more and more important. So it's uh, it's going to be really really interesting. I'm really uh, I've. I'm really excited for 2021. I'm really excited to see what Formula One because it does it 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 was looking a bit bleak for a while, but now it seems as if the teams have seen been able to shake each other a little bit and go, all right, we we need to do something here. We need to do something for ourselves. You know, it's maybe maybe some of the teams that were being selfish have been a bit less selfish. I still I think still think the most important thing about the new regs for Formula One is to get that veto uh, out of Ferrari's hands. For any of you people that don't know. Uh, Ferrari have power of veto over any new rule in Formula One. So if all the rest of the teams agree agree that um, re- they want to keep round wheels, or sorry, they, they don't want square wheels, Ferrari can veto the, the keeping of the round wheels. It's ridiculous. Like Ferrari are, they have far too much power in Formula One. And I, th- I think, I think it's a Bernie Eccleston thing because I don't, Everyone talks about the brand of Ferrari and the the power that that they wield, and I don't um, I don't know if that's quite as true anymore. Are they still the? Well, I mean, first of all, do children still like, have posters of cars up on the walls? I don't think they do. Um, is the allure of the supercar the same as it was in like the late nineties and early two thousand? I don't I don't think that is either. I think people are. People are enamoured by different things now. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure what they're enamoured with. I'm nowhere near cool enough to know what where people are, people are into. But yeah, I just think Ferrari have probably lost some of the the brand clout. Not uh, not outside Italy, obviously. You know, it's, Ferrari's still a religion in Italy. But in general, I think every like, everybody wants a Ferrari. Well, but. I think there's more things now. There's more. There's more other comp- car companies putting out these crazy things where you go, "Oh my god!" Like, I mean, the, the McLaren, McLaren Senna, like you, you could you could give me six Ferraris for one of those, and I'd take the Senna. Jesus. So, I'm not sure whether the views that Ferrari are ma- are majorly important to Formula One still hold true. Uh, I can still see Ferrari eventually making the jump to Formula E as well if things don't go their way and seeing if they can strong arm their way into a good position in Formula E. But I, yeah, I um, I, I I hate it when you see any when you see like a team which has the deck stacked in their favour in any sport. I just think it's stupid. Sport should be as level playing field as you can possibly get. Um, but. To summarise this, I, I don't think um, I don't think Lewis is going to leave Mercedes. I think it's all bargaining tools, and this bargaining is going to go on now for 
an easy year, isn't it? We'll still be talking about Lewis Hamilton's contract come this time next year, and it probably won't, won't be sorted out until the summer break of next year. Um, but that seems uh, it seems like a foregone conclusion that that'll carry on. You know, he probably signed a contract to what if he if he's there next year, he'd probably be a two year deal, probably taken to twenty twenty two. Seems like a seems like a good thing because I think he's going to leave the sport the most successful driver in history. I think I think he's going to smash all the records. I I just can't I can't see anybody to stop him. The only person I can see to stop him might be Max Verstappen now, but he's again. Where's he going? Like he's not. Uh, if Lewis signs, are they going to take? Would they take a Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton? Probably not. Uh, Ferrari constantly like something Ferrari being I think uh, is a uh, as a team in a similar state as McLaren was where it was completely like, in disarray but they still keep managing to put like the the second best car out so it doesn't it doesn't look as bad it's not like they dropped right down the field but it's almost like they've forgotten how to win. I, I say that quite a lot about teams, especially Ferrari. But it does seem like they've forgotten how to win. Um, on the 2021 uh, regulation, I didn't actually have this down to talk about, but I, I just remembered it before when, uh, when I was talking about Lewis Hamilton. The uh, new cars, or the the idea of the arrow for the new cars is, the aim is uh, a car loses 50% of its downforce when it's following another car. Apparently, the idea for the new cars is for it to only lose 5% of its downforce. Uh, Ross Brown also said that one of the big problems there is trying to make them, um, making them nice and close, you know, getting them getting them together. But, you know, he, he said there's no point in the cars being able to follow if they're not closer, which is it's, it's obvious. But I did, for, for a while there, I thought, I thought Formula One had made some really good steps forward and it was starting to stumble a bit. I'm I'm more positive now. I'm I'm more positive about the steps that are being made. And I think maybe some of the people that might have been holding those steps up, maybe they think they they see the the danger that the whole sport has. So the you know, whole whole sport is in if it doesn't if it doesn't evolve and just just become become something people want to watch again. This is the you know you you can't go on with tumbling viewing figures and burying your head in the sand and. I think the I still think the Sky Deal uh, is a, a big part of the problem with when it comes to by uh, public opinion of Formula One. There's no, I'd say the only people that watch Formula One now are Formula One fans, whereas it used to be um, there used to be lots of armchair fans, wasn't there? Where you'd you'd get the guy which would just have a Sunday dinner, and uh, he'd sit down and watch what's Formula One. I think I think we need to get the we, we need to get those people back. Anyway, I asked you for questions and you motherfuckers, I left it late again. I shouldn't have done. I did it on the Sunday. I should have popped something up on sat on Saturday. I'll I'll try and remember. But again, if you think if you think of anything during the week that you want to, that you want me to talk about, um you uh message me. Uh, hashtag it ask um hashtag it ask Shunt. And um, I'll be sure to talk about it on the podcast. If, if you do that, you see at least I can search for them at the end of the week. So uh, the the only one we've got in was from Dean, which is, will Cyril still be in charge of Renault by the end of the season, given the performance? Um, I 
I don't see Renault replacing Cyril, to be perfectly honest. I don't... I think there's more chance of the whole team pulling out than them replacing somebody. The... I, I, there was a, there was an article I didn't I didn't talk about it right now because I thought it was a little bit sensationalist that I, I read the other day saying did Renault did did Renault fool Ricardo into joining them and I don't know whether they fooled him but maybe they spent spent a good chunk of their development cash on him but it's it's not good is it yeah you know, they there's not a massive what there's three works teams. Like you know, genuine works teams. I, I'm not count. I know, I know. Red Bull have a works deal with Honda, but I'm not counting them as a works a works team. But like, there's three manufacturers. Sorry, that's the best best way to put it in Formula One. They should be two, three of the best teams. It's you know, it's we want to see the privateer teams. Don't get me wrong, I want to see the privateer teams up with those, but um, you can't quite you can't have it all the time because they just don't have the resources of the manufacturers. Renault have got all the resources in the world and they don't seem to be able to do it. So yeah, no, I don't think um, Cyril's going to be replaced, but I do wonder whether we'll still have a Renault on the grid by 2021. Um, I can see next year, if there's not a marked improvement of Renault, I can see them pulling the plug again on the whole operation and somebody buying the whole team up. So... We'll just have to see it go, see how it goes. But anyway, uh, a short podcast today because there wasn't a lot to talk about, and I'm I'm not going to sit here and drag out your time, boring you on stuff that isn't interesting. Um, if you like this podcast and you want to get access to the other Musty Audio stuff, if you go to the Musty Audio Patron and sign up for the Patron, um, that would be lovely. Uh, you'll notice there is um adverts or just an advert. There's like one advert now during the middle of all the Musty Audio shows. It's uh, it's just something to help bring some extra money in to make to make the whole thing run a bit smoother. Um, yeah, other than that, follow me at Talk Shun. As I say, if you want to check out the website, you can go check out mustyaudio.com. There's a store on there with some T-shirts and things like that. I haven't got a Hot Lap T-shirt on yet. I need to design it. I'll design it, and when I've designed it, it'll be up there. But the Stock Continue stuff and the Walking Dead T-shirts in particular, I think, are, are pretty cool. Um other than that, like, just thank you. Thank you for listening. If Even if, if you don't want to be a patron, it doesn't matter. But if you do want to help the show out, please go and do it because there's a lot of content there and it does it helps me do all this sort of stuff. And more. I want to do, I want to do more. Anyway, uh, that's the that's the begging bit over. I'm going to uh, go away. I'm going to make this sound nice for you. I'm going to send it to your ears so you can listen to it tomorrow on your way to work. Thanks very much. See you later. Bye-bye.